0: the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: Live from Chicago, it's that show
2: Welcome to that show. has been funny in years, an SNL podcast. I'm your host, Nick Degilio. I am a podcaster, a comedy writer and performer, graduate of Second City, and a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. And each week, we will look back at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliché that you hear, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. And on this episode, it is titled, this is episode 23, and it is titled, You Be the Judge, Celebrities Strike Back. Now, not everybody is happy when they are impersonated or when they are parodied or when they are satirized on SNL. And uh, that just goes with the territory. You know, Saturday Night Live has been around, obviously, since October of 1975. And thousands and thousands of politicians and sports figures and celebrities and actors and actresses and writers and celebrities in general and world figures in general have been part of sketches, have been satirized, have been parodied, and have been a lot, in in this case, impersonated. And over the years, um, some of these impersonations, some of these impressions weren't so good. Some of the sketches weren't great. Some of the parodies weren't so sharp. The satires weren't so smart. Sometimes they fail. Sometimes they're terrible. And sometimes the celebrities who were the targets of the parody or targets of the satire or the celebrities that were being impersonated were not happy about it. And that's what this show is all about. This episode is all about, uh, you know, the celebrities who went, man, you know, that's not cool. Or that impression wasn't good, or that parody wasn't accurate. This is when celebrities speak out, saying, "I don't like what you did Saturday Night Live," and in some cases there was a big response. In some cases there was a response. In some cases there was a response on the show regarding how poorly it was uh, received by said celebrity or target of satire, and something was said on the show about it. Uh, in many cases that we're going to talk about uh, on this episode today. The public also was not thrilled with it. Um, And there have been, I don't know, thousands and thousands of sketches over the years of Saturday Night Live that the audiences were like, what the hell was that? That did not hit right, um, that people made fun of or thought were offensive or just thought were stupid and made a big deal out of it. And in the age of social media and the Internet and as that grew to the point where immediately after a sketch would air on SNL, somebody was voicing their hatred of it, you know and sharing it with millions of people around the world via social media and in the internet, it has become, like, everyone is a critic. And that's just been the case now for, I don't know, what is it, 20-something years now. Everybody on Earth is a critic and will let you know how much they hate something they see on Saturday Night Live uh, and how much they think it's stupid, which is why this show is called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years because that is one of the dumbest things Anybody can say about Saturday Night Live because it's simply not true. And yet people will throw their opinion out there and let everybody know how much they hated this sketch or they hate this impersonation or whatever. So in addition to the public not really enjoying the sketches or impersonations that I'm going to showcase in this episode, the celebrities themselves were not happy. So uh, we will hear uh, the sketches, we will hear the impressions, and we will hear what the blowback was. We'll hear what the celebrities themselves said and what the public said, and I-, I will also let you know where you can see these full sketches, what episodes they appeared on, who the hosts and musical guests were for those specific episodes. As I always do, I want to provide you with as much information as possible so that you can go out and watch. I, I suggest that whenever I-, I-, I single out a sketch from a certain episode and then tell you when it, you know, the, the air date and the, uh, and, and, and the season and episode number and who the host and musical guest was. I hope that you seek it out and watch the entire episode. You can do that. You can find some of this stuff on Peacock. You can find it online. If you tool around, I give you all the possible information that you will need to watch everything that I talk about on that show hasn't been funny in years uh, on SNL Podcast. So... Anyway, uh, let's get to it, shall we? Let's start out with uh, one from this past season, from season 48. So we'll just uh, dip our toes into something that happened just most recently. The sketch, uh, was, uh, it was the night before the Oscars of 2023. This sketch took place on uh, March 11th, 2023. It was season 48. It was episode 15. Jenny Ortega was the host. The musical guest was the 1975. It was a pretty good episode. There was some solid stuff on it. If you're looking to check it out, again, season 48, episode 15, March 11, 2023. Um, And there was some funny stuff in it. It was a pretty solid episode. The cold open um, featured Heidi Gardner um, and uh, Marcelo Hernandez as two reporters standing at the red carpet At the Oscars, interviewing celebrities and people as they came in, Um, and they were part of extra. They were playing two, you know, the the two interviewers for extra. Uh, uh, Marcelo Hernandez, in fact, uh, was playing uh, Mario Lopez. Um, And so, you know, different cast members of SNL would come out impersonating uh, different celebrities who would be on the red carpet at the Oscars the next night. It was timely, and of course, the Oscars last year was the night that Everything Everywhere All at Once won, and a lot of Irish and British. Um, uh, actors and actresses were nominated. Uh, Banshees of Inisharan was one of the the big nominees that night, and uh, you know uh, uh, Chloe Fineman did a very funny Jamie Lee Curtis, and other people popped up and did their imitations. Well, um, at one point, um, Colin Farrell and Brendan uh, Gleeson were being imitated by uh, Mikey Day and Molly Carney. Uh, Mikey Day was playing Colin Farrell, and Molly Carney was playing um, Brendan. Brendan Gleason, and Colin Farrell had starred in, I think, one of the best movies, the second best movie of last year, called The Banshees of Innesharan. And the sketch was, the night before the Oscars, SNL's Red, Oscars' red carpet cold open sketch cycled through the impressions of several nominees. uh, And playing Banshees of Innesharan co-stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason, Mikey Day and Molly Carney spoke to them uh, about their incomprehensible faux Irish accents. Um, and one of the things that people would say about that movie, if you watch the film, is that it's there are a lot of brogues in it. There are a lot of heavy Irish accents and 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 uh, you know and Irish colloquialisms and stuff like that. And some people with you know American ears um, have difficulty kind of sifting through that. And one of the sort of complaint, not complaints, but one of the difficulties of watching the movie was if you if you don't get used to hearing that brogue in those in those terms, you kind of go, "What is happening?" And I have a hard time listening to it. And it became a joke. Well. Uh, the joke moved on to from, like, having a hard time listening to the heavy Irish brogues or accents to making Irish drinking jokes. Which not only uh, became the punchline of this sketch that I'm going to play, but the next night at the Oscars, Jimmy Kimmel made several jokes about being Irish and being drunk. And uh, the response of this sketch and to that and what happened on Oscar night is part of this whole thing. But here, here it is. Here's a piece of the cold open. Oscars uh, broadcast from SNL during the cold open when, uh, like I said, Mikey Day and Molly Kearney are playing uh, Kearney are playing uh, uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Fraser. Brendan Gleeson, I should say.
3: But hold that thought because I'm told we have the stars of the Banshees of Inna Sharon, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, How do you guys like your chances tonight?
4: Uh, you know, dance awards and you know, like uh, Tent worth of troops for raring your be? Hey,
5: me grain, gling cu atari swelled tuny trees in it. Yeah. Bush like
4: they say, you know. Our and times know to go at the like giving like, like it's been for long action.
6: on. So Tinky team, I mean, me, whole team, team at CAA. C- A- <laughs> A-
2: <laughs> wow, and they haven't even started drinking yet. <laughs> OK, so you know what? There's, that's harmless. I think it's harmless. Uh, you know, a lot of people pointed out they had a hard time understanding what the the, the performers were saying in in Banshees of Inna Sharon. Um And yes, obviously, the old standby Irish people get drunk. That's an old standby. It's an old joke. Um, and people were offended by it. A lot of uh, a lot of Irish folks were offended by it. Colin Farrell spoke about it at the Oscars the next night. Now, a lot of people, I think, misinterpreted this because here is what it says in one of the articles that I was reading. It says the sketch was criticized for its stereotypical portrayal of Irish people. And the joke about drinking was called insensitive because Colin Farrell has openly spoken about his sobriety. And that's true. Colin Farrell did get sober. Uh, I think he's been sober for about 15 years now. Uh, and for a while, though, he was—you know—he would be the first to tell you that he was drinking a lot. And there was a lot of times when he was, he was just playing rock star for a while. You know, in the early 2000s, Colin Farrell was sleeping with a lot of babes and drinking a lot of booze. And he'd be the first to tell you that uh, that, that was a rough time for him. And he got sober, and he's been sober for a long time. And Colin Farrell, by the way, has a sense of humor. Um, and I think a lot of people were, uh, I think, overly criticizing the sketch. The sketch, I thought, was a throwaway. And I think it's kind of funny. Uh, but Colin Farrell uh, was talked about. They talked about this at the Oscars. Jimmy Kimmel the next night hosted the Academy Awards where Colin Farrell and Brenda Gleeson were. And that movie ridiculously did not receive one award that night, even though it was so much better than everything else that was nominated. Um, but at, at one point, Jimmy Kimmel was making jokes about Irish and drinking, and it became like a common thing. And it, it gets tiresome after a while, especially, you know, like somebody like Colin Farrell, who understands that, you know, drinking is a big part of it. And there's a lot of drinking in the movie, by the way. In the Banshees of Inisharen, there's a lot of drinking in the movie. So it's not like this, you know, the door wasn't open for Irish drinking jokes because they're drunk a lot of the time in Banshees of Inisharen. A lot of the movie takes place in a pub while guys are drinking. So to be upset about drinking Irish jokes is kind of stupid and kind of hypocritical critical because that kind of behavior is portrayed throughout 90% of the movie. So Colin Farrell's got a good sense of humor about it. Here's from the Oscars. This is a moment when Jimmy Kimmel was filling time and doing audience questions to some of the people who were in the audience. So Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars in the audience. Uh, the next question is from Joey Perello from Las Vegas for Colin Farrell.
5: Haven't seen
7: Joey
2: in years. Well, Joey would like to sa- ask you. He said, "Colin, I loved your performance in The Banshees of Inisherin. My question is, what were you saying in the movie?"
5: I'd like him to go on YouTube and check out SNL
2: last night and he'll have a good idea. And now he'll figure it out. All right. Thank you very much. And I apologize for Joey. That's If you and the donkey go out after, text me, okay? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, uh, This had been misinterpreted. It was all over the web. Like, Colin Farrell was angry about the portrayal of he and Brendan Gleeson on SNL and was mad that they made fun of Irish people for drinking and blah, blah, blah. You can tell by that clip that Colin Farrell had a good sense of humor about it and, in fact, plugged the sketch. So the article that I'm reading here about how angry Colin Farrell was it's not true. Colin Farrell's got a great sense of humor. He'll be the first to joke about drinking. He'll be the first to drink joke about Ireland, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So most people who were mad about it were too sensitive, and that's the first one I wanted to jump into to show you. This might not be the greatest example of getting mad about a throwaway joke, about the fact that Irish brogues are hard to listen to, and about the fact that the ancient joke of Irish people drinking is in fact an ancient joke, and you shouldn't be offended by it. But a lot of people were, and they dragged Colin Farrell into it, even though he had a good sense of humor on one of the biggest stages in the world and told people to watch the sketch. So, so that's your first example. Now, the next example is actually a, 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 a more um, pointed example of someone being angry about the, the impression of them, and that's Anderson Cooper. Uh, back in um, 2015, uh, John Rudnitsky, who, by the way, was a fantastic guest on this very podcast, and you should go back and listen to that. John Rudnitsky, former cast member, one of my favorite uh, episodes we've done, fantastic interview, incredibly nice guy, really cool dude, and very, very talented. He was a he was a he, he he did one season on SNL, and as part of that, one of his impressions was Anderson Cooper, and Anderson Cooper was not happy about it. On October, um, October. 17th 2015, that would be season 41, episode three. Tracy Morgan was your host. Demi Lovato was your musical guest. They did a, uh, they did a cold open, which was the Democratic primary. Uh, uh, it, was a, it was a debate. So it was the Democratic debate cold open, and it had several of SNL's most iconic political impersonations. That was like Kate McKinnon played First Lady Hillary Clinton. Larry David was Bernie Sanders. And John Rodnitsky played Anderson Cooper. And Anderson Cooper was not happy about it. Now, in this sketch, uh, you had Rodninsky, you had Larry David, Alec Baldwin, Kate McKinnon, Taryn Killam, um, and you had uh, in, and you had them as part of this Democratic debate. And uh, Anderson Cooper and a lot of people were not happy with and- with what what Rodninsky did. So you listen to yourself. I pulled some of the moments from this. It was a long, cold open sketch, debate sketch, but I pulled some of the some of the stuff so that you can hear. The way that uh, John Rudninsky played Anderson Cooper, and Anderson Cooper was not happy again from 2015. Good
6: evening, and welcome to the first Democratic debate of the 2016 campaign. I'm your moderator, Anderson Cooper, and I hope I do you proud tonight, Kathy Griffin. <laughs> Let's go. Bernie. Bernie, pace yourself. Now, Bert, before we begin, we at CNN want to say a quick word to Vice President Joe Biden. Joe. If you decide to run at any time tonight, we will happily make room for you on the stage. No presh, but we'd love to have you. Wouldn't we, candidates? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Let's get started. This first question is for everyone. Senator Sanders, some of your opponents believe regulating Wall Street is enough. What is your position on the big banks?
2: Excuse me, it's me, Jim Webb, your future president. I was promised I'd get time, but I've had no time. Where's my time? Come on, Anderson, lob one at me. Give Jimmy W. his shot and watch him soar.
6: Okay, Senator, sure. Here's a question. You're the only Democrat up here with an A rating from the NRA. Want to tell us why? Pass. Okay, our next question is for Governor O'Malley really (laughs) it's for hillary senator clinton you've struggled to put your email scandal behind you sorry just clearing my throat go what does the email scandal say about your ability to handle other crises as president
2: well, that's the uh, so that's an example of what he did, and and uh, and and on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, uh, Anderson Cooper was on and and was not pleased with what Rudnitsky did. And by the way, uh, I talked to John Rudnitsky about it, and he was not thrilled about doing Anderson Cooper. It was not one of his strong impressions, and was not really happy with what he did uh, with it. But Anderson Cooper said, uh, "I didn't think it was very good at all." Seth Meyers did a spoof of me years ago, and it was really funny, and I'm all for being spoofed, but. It was like the only thing that John Rudninsky knew about me was that I was gay, and that's all he went with. So Anderson Cooper was not happy about it. The sketch itself was actually very funny on the whole. But yeah, his perfor- his performance and his impression of, uh, of Anderson Cooper, not strong. And Anderson Cooper was not happy about it. So there's Anderson Cooper not happy about John Rudninsky's performance. Now, how about this one? Um, Jennifer Lawrence, as played by Ariana Grande. Now, Ariana Grande... Uh, proved to be a, a really, really funny host and a great impressionist. And she did lots of impressions of singers uh, on, on, on an episode that she that she hosted. And this goes back to March 12th, 2016. Ariana Grande was the host and the musical guest. It's season 41, episode 15. Um, and she did uh, an impression of Jennifer Lawrence um, on uh, a celebrity family feud sketch. And all of the celebrity family feud sketches, in my opinion are hilarious they've get they get all of the cast members to do their best or their funniest or their weirdest impressions and you have the godsend of the cast Keenan Thompson playing Steve Harvey to hilarious fashion and every time they have Keenan Thompson playing Steve Harvey on a celebrity uh, a family feud sketch it's always gold it's always funny and it's always you know you pick the best celebrities that these that these uh, cast members can do. And on this particular episode, uh, you had Keenan playing Steve Harvey. You had Ariana Grande playing uh, Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Uh, uh, Kate McKinnon played Tilda Swinton. Beck Bennett played Javier Bardem. Uh, Jay Farrow played Idris Alba. Taryn Killam played Qu- uh, Quentin Tarantino. And uh, Jod Rudninsky uh, did Martin Scorsese, by the way, his Martin Scorsese a thousand times better than his Anderson Cooper, and it's very funny. Kyle Mooney played Woody Allen and Bobby Moynihan played Kevin Smith. And they were all solid. They were all great. But the standout was Ariara Grande, uh, Ariana Grande as Jennifer Lawrence. And the the joke about Jennifer Lawrence is that she's, like, obviously a big movie star. She's an Oscar winner, and she's really, really hot, very, very attractive, a beautiful woman. But the joke is that she's always, like, making weird noises and bodily functions, and she's just a regular chick. And that was what they went with here. So Ariana Grande, by the way, listen to this impression. Ariana Grande's impression of Jennifer Lawrence is spectacular. It is fucking great. And uh, as are most of the impressions in this sketch. So here's a little, a, a little clip of her, uh, Ariana Grande, playing Jennifer Lawrence on celebrity, uh, on celebrity Family Feud.
7: It's time to play Family Feud Celebrity Edition. Here's your host, Steve Harvey. Yeah, okay. Okay, now, <laughs> welcome to Celebrity Family Feud. This is one of about four different daytime shows that I host. Every one of them is playing right now on that little TV that you can watch while you're pumping your gas. (laughs) All right, today, we got great actors versus great directors. Okay, on the actor side, talks like a man, but pH balance for a woman is Jennifer Lawrence.
5: They told me not to do a
3: game show, but I was like, screw it, I can have fun. I'm a regular person.
7: Oh, man. You know, you say you're a regular person more than any regular person I know. <laughs> Why don't y'all give me two players? Let's play a few. Okay. Hey, uh,
6: good fans, good fans. Very nice, very
7: How y'all feeling? Yeah, really great, really great. I think great, man. <laughs> you know, you two look like you should switch voices. All right, 100 people <laughs> surveyed. Top five answers on the board. Name a bad habit that you just can't quit. Jennifer.
3: I'm just like a snackaholic. I mean, I love Pringles. If no one's looking, I'll eat, like, a whole can. Like, every day is my cheat day, you know what I mean? Oh.
7: Oh, how annoyingly relatable. Oh. Uh, show me another pretty girl says that she likes to eat. Hey, number one is up there. All right, let's go to the after sign. Okay, now, Tilda Swinton, what's a bad habit? You just can't quit. Feasting on the blood of innocence. <laughs> I'm kidding. Cookies. Oh, you're a curious little
2: woodpecker. Okay, I let it go a little bit longer because I wanted to hear him say curious little woodpecker uh, because I love Keenan. Um, and as you heard, by the way, T- Taryn Killam's uh, Quentin Tarantino was hilarious. You he heard that and you heard a little bit of Tilda Swinton's. Uh, I'm sorry, of uh, Kate McKinnon's Tilda Swinton, which is not very good. It's just, you know, it's just Kate McKinnon being weird. Um, but my God. Ariana Grande's uh, impression of Jennifer Lawrence is spectacular. She sounds exactly like her. She had the mannerisms down. She looked like her. It was great. Her body language. It was a fantastic impression. And Jennifer Lawrence said to Vogue, the impression was spot fucking on, is what she said. But she didn't quite like the regular person jokes. She said, that's what other people have said about me, that they say I'm a regular person. It's a tired joke, and I'm not really that. So she did not like the joke. She loved the impression which now we're getting into a different territory. It's like, yeah, the impression is great. In fact, she said it was spot-fucking-on, is what Jennifer Lawrence said about Grande's impression of her. She just didn't like the material. She thought the jokes were cheap, and the whole, like, I'm a regular person stuff was, a, was, a, was, a, was, a, was, was an easy way to go. And she might be right, but it was funny. So she liked the impression. She did not like the material, and that was the feedback that she got from that. So, uh, again, you can, uh, you, can ch- you can check out that episode. Uh, it's season 41, episode 15. From March of uh, 2016. Okay, now the next one is not an impression, and in fact, this is a two-parter. This involves Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, uh, who you know appeared on on Saturday Night Live and did his strongest stuff. He wasn't the greatest sketch guy in the world. He would do a couple of impressions here. One, of course, will be actually will be mentioned later in this in this episode. Um, but he mostly had, his strongest stuff was when he would do the update stuff. When when he would do get when he do spots at the update. Uh, Desk where he would talk about his own life, his mental health, and his personal stuff. That was the strongest stuff that Pete Davidson did because he was a weird dude. Well, um, on this particular night, um, and this was November third, two thousand eighteen. Jonah Hill uh, was your was your uh, was your host. Maggie Rogers was the musical guest. Season forty four, episode four, in November of two thousand eighteen. And he came on to talk about the midterm candidate uh, elections and to give his impressions of uh, of the of the candidates based upon their pictures. So it's Pete on update talking about it. Well, he makes fun of a guy named Dan Crenshaw, who's a Congressman who lost an eye in, uh, you know, while he was serving in the military and wears an eye patch. And um, the whole bit was Pete Davidson making fun of these candidates based upon their pictures. And he made fun of a lot of them. Most of them were were Republican candidates and most of them were kind of easy targets. And it was just, it was funny because it was Pete Davidson. But Pete Davidson crossed the line here. You will hear it. And the, and, and the, 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 the splashback was so huge um, that he actually had to apologize the next week. And I'll explain the whole thing. But here's Pete Davidson. This is on um, November 3rd, 2018, talking about candidates and, uh, and how he crossed the line talking about uh, Dan Crenshaw.
7: As we said, the midterm elections are next week. Here with his first impressions of some of the candidates is
1: Pete Davidson. Um, So, the midterm elections are obviously a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And after I had to move back with my mom, I started paying attention to Um, them. She's loving it. Uh, And I realized there are some really gross people running for office this year, so here are my first impressions. Uh, This guy's fun. Uh, Rick Scott from Florida. Uh, He looks like someone tried to whittle Bruce Willis out of a penis. (laughs) New York guy, uh, Peter King. Uh, I actually don't know a lot about him, except he looks like if a cigar came to life. (laughs) Uh, uh, This guy's kind of cool, Dan Crenshaw. Uh, Oh, come on, man. Yo, hold on. Uh, You may be surprised to hear he's a congressional candidate from Texas and not a hitman in a porno movie. I'm sorry. I know he lost
2: his eye in in war or
1: whatever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. All right. So you can hear Che going, oh, shit, don't do this. And it it was not great. And the backlash was immediate. Like the backlash was immediate. People were like, how dare he make fun of this guy? He's a war hero. He's a a veteran. Um, And, uh, you know, whatever. Just because he wears an eye patch, Pete Davidson made fun of him. And it was, you know, it was an insensitive and stupid joke. But I will say this. There have been insensitive and stupid jokes on SNL in the past. There have been a lot of dumb shit that they've done, that cast members in particular are making a statement of some kind, and they don't apologize for it. Well, because the backlash was so huge uh, and because Pete caught a lot of shit for it and realized that he was wrong. Like Pete Davidson, you know, he did. He realized he was wrong and he crossed the line. I mean, even Che knew it. And Che was one of the head writers at that time. I was like, dude, you, you shouldn't do this. But he did the joke anyway. The next week... He got on, he got on uh, SNL, and he got on Weekend Update again, and he apologized. But it's a big difference because Dan Crenshaw actually showed up. So the guy he made fun of with the eye patch showed up, sat next to him at Update desk. And this was on November tenth, two thousand eighteen. One week later, it would be season forty-four, episode five. Leah Schreiber was the host. Lil Wayne was the musical guest. And this is what happened when uh, Dan, um, when uh, when Dan uh, responded. Uh, Dan Crenshaw was sitting next to Beaton and responded. So I'm going to play the whole thing because it's important to play the whole appearance that Dan Crenshaw made. Uh,
1: last week, uh, I made a joke about a picture of you, and I feel like uh, it would only be fair if you got me back and made fun of a picture of me. Does that sound okay? I,
0: I don't really need to do that.
1: No, come on. I, I deserve it. All right, I'll do it. Please? One. All right. <laughs> and now,
0: first impressions with Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. This is Pete Davidson. He looks like if the meth from Breaking Bad was a person. All right, not bad. So there, we're even. All right. Hold on. well, uh, one more. This is. The, All right. Right. All right. He looks like a troll doll with a tapeworm.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: man. All right, that's good. We should wrap this up. Oh, hold one. on. No, this, this, this is fun. This is fun. Cool. He looks like Martin Short in the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> By the way, one of these people was actually good on SNL. No, you're
1: right. No, you're not wrong.
0: Okay, but seriously, there's a lot of lessons to learn here. Not just that the left and right can still agree on some things, but also this, Americans can forgive one another. We can remember what brings us together as a country and still see the good in each other. This is Veterans Day weekend, which means that it's a good time for every American to connect with a veteran. Maybe say thanks for your service, But I would actually encourage you to say something else. Tell a veteran, never forget. When you say never forget to a veteran, you are implying that as an American, you are in it with them, not separated by some imaginary barrier between civilians and veterans, but connected together as grateful fellow Americans who will never forget the sacrifices made by veterans past and present and never forget those we lost on 9-11, heroes like Pete's father. So I'll just say, Pete. Never forget.
2: Never forget.
1: And that is for both of us.
2: So I thought that was great. I got to say, I think that's how you handle it. If uh, the public is pissed off about a joke you did, if the person that that was the target of that joke... Uh, You handle it in that way. This is the following week. It was just a week later. Dan Crenshaw gets out there. He does a great, hilarious bit that was written, you know, that was written for him in order to make fun of Pete Davidson, which is great. And then they ended on that beautiful note about coming together on on Celebrating Veterans Day. Uh, A really great way to handle being pissed off about something that somebody that they did for you on SNL. Uh, So let's move on. Now we're going back to the first season because, you know, since the beginning, people have been angry about how they've been portrayed on Saturday Night Live. People get pissed off about sketches all the time and it goes all the way back to the first season. And this goes all the way back to season one. Uh, In fact, this um, is uh, from uh, season one, 1976. Uh, It is season one, episode 19. Madeline Kahn was your host. Uh, There were like four different musical guests because that's what they did back in those days. May 8th, 1976, this uh, this aired. And this was Gilda Radner playing Barbara Walters or Baba Wawa. And it wasn't necessarily a great impression of Barbara Walters or an accurate impression of Barbara Walters. That would happen years later with Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry would do a spot-on, brilliant, fantastic, satirical, and... Close your eyes, and it sounds exactly like Barbara Walters' impression. So Sherry O'Terry did the actual brilliant impression of Barbara Walters, but Gilda Radner did a character inspired by Barbara Walters, and it was all basically just a joke for her to kind of talk like Elmer Fudd and pretend to be Barbara Walters. Um, It was not met with a lot of joy from Barbara Walters. She wasn't happy about it. So, uh, and she did it several times. It was a recurring character. Her impression of Barbara Walters, Baba Wawa, was something that Gilda Radner was definitely known for, iconically, on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Barbara Walters didn't like it, and I'll tell you about that in a couple of seconds. But I want to go back and play back, uh, uh, you know, an example of Gilda Radner doing the hilarious Baba Wawa. But I wanted to play back um, one of the first times she did it. Um, And I wanted to play this back because it involves Madeline Kahn. And Madeline Kahn, who I still miss every day of, of the year, uh, one of the funniest women that's ever lived, one of the most brilliant comedians, one of the greatest comedic actresses that has ever walked the planet Earth, taken from us way too soon. Um, just an incredible comedic genius of a woman. And to, I wanted to play this back because this is fucking Gilda Radner and Madeline Kahn together. So I'm playing it. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. It's Madeline Kahn and Gilda Radner, and that alone, the next three and a half minutes, is pure joy because it's two of the funniest women that ever lived who were taken from us way too soon, and we get to hear them do great stuff. So the sketch is not for ladies only. It's a TV show, and it's hosted by Baba Wawa, and Madeline Kahn plays a version of Marlena Dietrich, who also had an accent and a weird-speaking voice. So the idea was you're going to play two iconic women and you are going to make fun of the way they talk. That's it. That's all. Two comedic geniuses go into town. So here is Gilda Radner and Madeline Kahn doing For Your Ladies Only, a parody of Barbara Walters and Marlena Dietrich from 1976.
5: Good evening, and welcome to Not For Ladies Only. I'm Barbara Wawa. Tonight, we'll be talking to an actual living legend, the incredible Marwina Deutschland. <laughs> Thank you. It is great to be here. Marwina, What is it like to be a living legend? It has been a really witch experience. I'm so impressed. You're so wide and swender. How do you stay so swim? Uh, swimming keeps me swim. My daily regimen includes swimming 12 laps in my pool. It is wonderful for my wags. Marwina, Life right here. Tell us your secret of perpetual youth. Uh, I get massaged regularly. <laughs> and I have had everything wifted. You mean you've had your wags wifted? Everything, even uh, my wheel. What? My wheel. Your wheel? What? What? Uh, drop it, uh, let's drop it. Uh, well, you brought it up. <laughs> of course, working grammars on film isn't all beauty secrets. A lot of it is white I do all my own white ink. Really? Uh, I didn't realize you won't. I don't. I white. You're referring to typewriter writing, right? Wrong. I am referring to electric writing. You see, in pictures, white writing can be uh, very unflattering, particularly if it makes my legs look white. Barbara, am I wrong to want to appear attractive? No, I think you're being very reasonable. Harry Wiesner, Harry Wiesner. <laughs> um, I'm rich, I can do anything I want in television. Excuse me, you interrupted me. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, you were saying that cinematically, white white can be very unflattering, particularly if it makes your legs look white. White. Uh, before we go, I just wanted to mention what a beautiful fur you have on, is it Mink? Thank you. Uh, no. It is just a silly rabbit. <laughs> Marlena, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, be sure to drop by next week when our special guest will be Elmer Fudd. Good night.
2: Yeah, so that's Gilda Radner and Madeline Kahn. All right. Um, uh, so good. Anyway, Barbara Walters was never happy about the impression or the character of Barbara Wawa that, um, Gilda Radner did. She was quoted many times as saying that she didn't like it. She found it annoying. Uh, She was being interviewed by the Television Academy Foundation, and she said, I hated the Gilda Radner, Baba Wawa thing until one night I walked into my daughter's room, and she was up late watching it. And I said, what are you doing up? And she said, Mom, I'm watching Baba Wawa. And uh, at that point, she couldn't hate it anymore. So there you go. Okay, next is um, from 2000. 21 January 30th 2021. This would be season 46, episode 10. John Krasinski was the uh, was the host, and Machine Gun Kelly was a musical guest, who will be actually brought up in a little bit. And the targets of the impressions were Fran Lewitz and Martin Scorsese. And at this time, uh, "Pretend It's a City" was a really popular sh- streaming documentary show, and it was you know two legendary, iconic New Yorkers talking about the city, and it was very popular during lockdown. It was a show that really took off, and Fran Leibowitz, who was, of course, a famous writer and artist, famous New Yorker, would team up with Martin Scorsese, obviously, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, and hardcore New Yorker. And it was these two people talking about the city and doing stuff around, in and around New York. And it was a cult classic, and a lot of people started watching it because of the pandemic. And it became the target of satire, and so Bowen Yang, played uh, Fran Leibowitz and Kyle Mooney played uh, Martin Scorsese, and they appeared on Weekend Update back in 2021. And uh, to say that there was backlash against this is kind of an understatement. Martin Scorsese didn't ever say anything, because Scorsese's got a great sense of humor. But fans of Fran Leibovitz were not happy, and Fran Leibowitz herself made a statement as well. So here is Bowen Yang and Kyle Mooney uh, on an episode of uh, SNL, Weekend update: Talking about uh, "Pretend It's a City," which was huge at the time. So this is Fran Lebowitz and Martin Scorsese being parodied on SNL. Governor Andrew Cuomo announced this week that the New York City could
7: reopen indoor dining by mid-February. Here to comment are stars of the Netflix show "Pretend It's a City," Fran Lebowitz and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yes! Yes! Yes!
4: <laughs> Here we are. How are you doing, Fran and Marty? It's an honor to have you both here. Please, I've been so bored at home, I was about to get married to my cufflinks, okay? (laughs) Let me tell you, I've done so many interviews in front of audiences, I have squatter's rights at the 92nd Street Y, okay? (laughs) Well, I loved your series because it's the two of you just sitting and talking and Marty just losing his mind. (laughs) That's right. Marty asked me my range. I said I can sit and I can sit down. And the people who went to these talks, they were children. They'd ask me, "Should I be a writer? Should I be a filmmaker?" I say, "No, you should be something useful. Be a piece of melon wrapped in prosciutto." <laughs> and that's your advice. What? Marty loves it. Yeah, Marty
7: seems to love everything you do. Marty, how was the shooting with Fran? <laughs>
4: Okay, well, Fran, do you think New York is doing right now, like, good? Is it it doing okay? I love it. It's the worst. (laughs) Disgusting. I'll never move. My friends, they're inviting me to their backyards for socially distanced gatherings. The only outdoor gathering I go to is the taxi line at JFK. You know why? They let you smoke, okay? (laughs) Marty, you still into this? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) you're you're a real new yorker through and through friend yes yes you're right you're right but hey remember when everyone in new york city had a machete no (laughs) it used to be you would go on the subway and you would look at a man's machete or his penis (laughs) now everyone's looking at their phones you know why because there's nothing to look at and what's Dwayne reed <laughs> Kids are so short nowadays. You know why? You can't smoke in bars anymore. <laughs> I don't think that's why. Gender really doesn't exist that. anymore. You know why? Ed Koch
5: died. <laughs> <laughs> Did <you> just <laughs>
4: <for the> <laughs> Marty, listen to this. Marty, Marty, listen to this. I was walking oh. down the street the other day, and you know what occurred to me? Emotional support <laughs> animals. <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh, my God.
4: Corsese. Marty's off the chair. Time to go. Fran Leibowitz and her
2: friend, everybody. Taxi!
1: Taxi!
2: All right, so that's... That is the, so the, the whole joke there was you couldn't really see it, obviously, because you're listening. But um, Kyle Mooney is dressed up like Martin Scorsese. He's got the big eyebrows, the big black eyebrows and the gray hair. And Martin Scorsese, in that Netflix show, did spend a lot of time laughing very hard at what Fran Leibowitz said. Uh, and that was the parody. And so essentially, Kyle Mooney's uh, impression of, of, of Scorsese was just him laughing his ass off to the point where he tears his own eyebrows off. And that was the joke. Uh, and then Bowen Yang doing, uh, I don't know, a, some sort of version of Fran Uh I'm not a fan of either of those cast members, quite frankly. I'm not a big Bowen Yang fan. I definitely wasn't a big Kyle Mooney fan. Um, and that sketch just went over my head. I mean, I watched the show. I knew of the show. And I, of course, obviously know a friend Leibowitz because she's, you know, brilliant. And I know of Martin Scorsese because they're brilliant. And I just don't think it was a kind of a cheap way to go with let's have him laugh and let's have Bowen Yang do this uh, crazy uh, impression, which wasn't very funny. So it didn't uh, you know, strike me as funny. And it obviously did not strike Fran Leibwitz as funny. Martin Scorsese didn't say anything about it because he's got a good sense of humor. And again, I mean, and again, it's not really an impression of Martin Scorsese. It's a guy pretending to laugh and tearing his eyebrows out. Again, not the most intellectual version. Uh, but uh, it was reported that Fran Leibowitz did not see it because, quote, I never watch TV deliberately. Of course she doesn't. <laughs> However, when the LA Times brought it up, she did say I was at home reading. People started calling me all the time now because they saw it. I would not have watched it if I knew. Um, If you have never had a caricature drawn of you, you might think that it's a great thing to be parodied. But no, it's not. No one likes them, and I didn't like that. So (laughs) the backlash was a lot of people who watched it didn't think it was very funny. I have a friend who thought it was one of the funniest things that Kyle Mooney ever did, who also was not a fan of Kyle Mooney, but he loved that. I won't mention his name. (laughs) Uh, But he he was quoted as saying, that's the only time Kyle Mooney ever made me laugh, was during that sketch. And so the audiences didn't find it very funny, and friend Lee certainly did not. So there you go. But if you want to go back and watch that, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so the next is uh, Kathy Lee Gifford was the target of uh, Kristen Wiig for uh, a few impressions. Um, and she's an easy target, Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, and, and the way Kristen Wig played her was she pushed up the whole wacky mannerisms thing that Kathy Lee Gifford has. Um, and Kathy Lee Gifford, to many people, is it shockingly annoying, and I would agree with that. And uh, and her tics and her quirks and the way she would treat, uh, the way she would actually treat Hoda Kotb, who was a uh, who was her co-host on the Fourth Hour of of. of today was really horrible. And, and what they did on SNL I thought was great. I thought it was brilliant. and I thought it accurately portrayed a sort of an ego maniacal woman who enjoyed drinking a lot of wine on the air and acting kind of like a jerk. And Kathy Lee Gifford has always been an unbelievably annoying presence in television and on earth forever since named that tune. Um, so Kathy Lee Gifford, of course did not like it. Audiences did. It was a recurring character. Uh, so Kristen Wiig's portrayal of um, Kathy Lee Gifford became sort of a, a staple on the show, uh, to the chagrin of Kathy Lee Gifford. So this uh, bit that we're about to play is from season 34, episode 15, February 7, 2009. Bradley Cooper was your host. TV on the Radio was your musical guest. Uh, the co-star here is the wildly underrated Michaela Watkins, who only spent one season on the show and has gone on to do. Other amazing things, including she's in, right now, she's in the movie You Hurt My Feelings with Julia louis dreyfus She's brilliant in it, and she was really underutilized. And one of those, um, and I talked about her on, on an episode earlier, people who only spent one season on the show. Uh, a really brilliant comedian who SNL just didn't work out for her. But anyway, she plays Hoda, and, uh, and in this clip, the very, very funny, the very, very brilliant Kristen Wiig does an over-the-top yet accurate parody off. Kathy Lee. Gifford. news This is Today with Kathy Lee Gifford and Hoda Kotb.
3: Hello. Okay. Hello. Welcome to the the fourth hour of the Today Show. I'm Hoda Kotb <laughs> And I'm Kathy Lee Gifford. Yo, yo, yo. Kaylee in the house. You heard. Okay. <laughs> You look exhausted today. No, no, nope. wide awake. I got plenty of sleep. Well, you could have fooled me. Oh. <laughs> Can someone dim the lights, huh? huh? Can someone put some Vaseline on the lens? I mean, it's like the movie Cocoon over here. Oh. <laughs> well, I think we look great. No, I we d- don't. No, we don't. No? <laughs> we look like California raisins. Oh. Or prunes. Oh, come on. Come <laughs> on, <laughs> I mean, look at the monitor, look at the monitor. We look like California raisins, except minus the Ray-Bans and saxophones. Oh, come on, <laughs> please. I don't... I mean, what are we, Benjamin Button and Yoda over here, huh? Yoda coffee? It's not her fault, it's the lighting, it's the lighting. Come on, guys, get it together over here, what? Well, somebody's had a lot of coffee today. You're damn right I've had a lot of coffee. 2.30 in the morning, I hear this commotion. I don't know what it is. It's Frank. Oh. He is in the downstairs guest room, pants around his ankles, and he's about to urinate in the mini-fridge. Well, that, that's weird. No, it's not. No. No, it's not. No. And if you had a man in your life, Hoedown, you'd understand that sometimes these things happen. OK? I sleepwalk every day, except I don't call it sleepwalking. I call it white wine walking. <laughs> Mama loves the grape. <laughs> Okay, let's get to the Hollywood, to the scoop. Let's just go some scoop. Come on. Aye, aye, matey. Uh, Yo-ho Hoda and a bottle of rum.
2: Okay, so what you're missing there visually is that she's mugging, she's winking, she's twitching, she's sticking her tongue out, pointing at Hoda and making nonstop fun of her. And it's brilliantly funny. It's hilarious. It's over the top. It's an impersonation that's pushed to the 11th level. Um, and taking on the whole drinking a bunch of wine and acting crazy and talking about Frank and all that other crap, all the most annoying stuff that Kathy Lee Gifford does on a regular basis, um, you know, uh, Kristen Wiig nailed, and Kathy Lee Gifford was not uh, happy about it. Audiences loved it, you know, uh, the cast members loved it, the writers loved it, Lauren loved it, everybody who watched the show loved it, except for Kathy Lee Gifford, who's got, of course, no sense of humor. Simple quote on her. They asked her to talk about it. She says, well, everyone seems to enjoy it, but I don't think it's all that funny, and I don't think it's funny at all. It is funny. All right, so there's that. Kathy Lee Gifford, not happy with with Kristen Wiig. Okay, now this next one's kind of interesting because it involves Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, also known not to have much of a sense of humor, also known uh, to have quite a really, really massively huge opinion of herself. Um, This is kind of, you know, Well known, Um, and when someone makes fun of her, when anybody makes fun of her, uh, she's not pleased about it. So Melissa Villaseñor, who was uh, brilliant on the show, as anybody who watched the show while she was on it knows that, one of the greatest impressionists that's ever lived. And by the way, um, oops, I'm awesome. If uh, if you've not gotten her book, you should. If you've never seen her live, do her stand up. It's brilliant. She's incredibly funny, incredibly creative, and has an incredible ear and is one of the best impressionists on the planet. Indeed, she did some of the greatest impressions of all time while she was on SNL. One that she didn't do was Jennifer Lopez, and uh, one of the reasons why she didn't do it uh, as often as she wanted to, or especially when Lopez hosted, was because Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo herself, put a kibosh on it and said, no, you will not be doing an impression of me. Jennifer Lopez hosted in 2019. Melissa Villasenor pitched the idea where she could do her JLo lo impression, and, uh, and, and it was shot down. It was completely shot down. Um, and so she says, um, my JLo impression is very specific. This is what uh, Melissa Villasenor is saying. It's kind of like uh, the J-Lo that's very, very serious. Um, she continued by saying, when I met J-Lo, I think I did my impression for her, and she was like, nope, I don't see it, I don't like it. Melissa continues to say, I love J-Lo. I mean, truly a legend. And I was telling her, oh, maybe I can imitate you in a sketch. You know, I could walk around your house and pretend that I'm like J-Lo and like my favorite color is blue. And unfortunately, um, it didn't work out. And uh, she said, baby, my favorite color is green. And you should know that. So Jennifer Lopez put the kibosh on it. Um, and so she, wasn't, she was not able to do it. Now, they did do a sketch together that was very funny, by the way. And this is when J-Lo hosted baby was the musical guest, so Jennifer Lopez was only the, uh, the host that night. This was on um, season 45, episode 8, on uh, December 7, 2019. And they did a sketch for hoop earrings. So they were kind of like New York chicks talking about how great big, giant hoop earrings are, and it was Jennifer Lopez... And Melissa Villasenor playing these characters, selling these giant hoop earrings. So they did work together in a very, very funny sketch that you should check out uh, from that episode, Season 45, Episode 8, uh, where they talk about hoop earrings. But JLo lo would not let Melissa Villasenor do her impression. But Melissa Villasenor, of course, you know, has her own website and her own outlets and her YouTube channel. And she did her own bit and has done her own bits about J-Lo where she does her J-Lo impersonation. This is from a bit that she did specifically for Melissa Villasenor's website. And it's called Daily Itineraries where Melissa Villasenor does the itinerary in the voice and the, the, the dress of very famous celebrities. So this is her doing J-Lo's
8: itinerary. Okay, here we go J-Lo. Starting my day right now. 10 a.m. Call up Jennifer Lawrence. J-Law is way too close to J-Lo. Copyright infringement, bitch. 11 a.m., see if Iggy wants to do a second butt song. 12 p.m., meet with trainer. prepare for butt battle with Nicki Minaj. And what's with all these girls copying my big butt? I was the first! 1 p.m., I remember when I was with P. Diddy. He had a big P. Did he? Oh, that'd be a good perfume scent for J Love. Mm
4: -hmm.
8: Oh, that'd be a good perfume too. People will be lucky to wear my farts. 4.30 PM, fire hotel concierge for not putting yellow M&Ms in my hotel room. Fire my assistant tour manager for getting me the wrong water. Fire my tour manager for what her assistant did. Fire my grandma for running over my toe with her wheelchair. Fire myself for hiring these people.
2: So there's Jennifer Lopez as done by Melissa Villasenor. And if you listen to it, it sounds exactly like it. Like so many of Melissa Villasenor's impressions, it's brilliant. It's a great impersonation. And yet J-Lo was like, nope, you will not be doing an impression of me. How funny would it have been to have them do the impression of the other person? I mean, look, Miley Cyrus was up for it when Vanessa Baer was doing uh, Miley Cyrus as a regular impression. Miley Cyrus is like, yeah, let's do it. And Miley Cyrus appeared in an episode and in the sketch with Vanessa Bear doing Miley Cyrus. You know why? Because Miley Cyrus has a good sense of humor about life and her persona in general. J-Lo does not. So if you want to see her doing her impression of J-Lo, she did it a couple of times in, uh, in, on the show. But if you want to see that sketch or many more, you got to check out Melissa Villasenor online. And that's from her daily itineraries. Okay, the last one we're going to do is ridiculous because it's Pete Davidson again. Pete Davidson, again, not known for his impressions. He was mostly known for being the tattooed, goofy, young idiot who would talk about his weird life uh, at Update. And then, you know, in real life, sleeping with 5,000 different (laughs) very attractive celebrities. And at this time, he was sleeping with Kim Kardashian. Uh, Or at least they met and they started sleeping together when she hosted back in 2021. So this is from October 9th. 2021 Kim Kardashian was the host the brilliant Halsey who should have been host and musical guest which he had done before was the musical guest uh there was season 47 episode two and in this Pete Davidson portrays his friend Machine Gun Kelly and they are friends and this wasn't so much as an impression as just a guy a celebrity making fun of another celebrity who he knew but not doing an accurate portrayal of him at all this was like two rich people doing an inside joke to one another wasn't very funny it wasn't very clever as most of that episode was not funny and clever because Kim Kardashian was your host. And like all the Kardashians showed up on that um one. Courtney Kardashian was on it. Chris Jenner was on it. Um and in this sketch, Heidi Um Gardner played Kim Kardashian. You had Courtney was in it, uh, Kim Kardashian played Courtney Kardashian, and it is the uh the the people's court with a K. People's Court with a K. And the joke was it was making fun of the Kardashians in a courtroom that was presided upon by uh, Courtney uh, Kardashian. And so in the sketch, a lot of people played different things. Melissa Villasenor was in it. Halsey was in it as well. And Chris Red played Kanye West. And Keenan uh, Thompson shows up at the end. But in it, Pete Davidson plays Machine Gun Kelly, who at that time I think still is dated to or married to Megan Fox. And Megan Fox in this sketch is played by Chloe Fineman. So this was called The, um, um, the People's Court with a K. And it made fun, kind of, of the Jenners and the Kardashians and the Machine Gun Kellys and the Megan Foxes of the world, although it's not a good sketch. And a particular bad part of the sketch is Pete Davidson's insane, inaccurate, and lazy portrayal of Machine Gun Kelly, of which he got called out for. But here's a little piece of that.
3: This is so boring. Bring in my bailiffs and best friends, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox.
2: Uh,
1: Hey, hey, what's up?
3: Wait, why? Best friends because our boyfriends have tattoos for necks. Oh, right. I love him.
1: (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) I
8: wrote you an Instagram caption, babe.
1: Oh, that's fire. All
8: right. Achingly beautiful boy. Oh, toxic. Oh, viral. Oh, twin flame. Rehab Barbie.
1: Oh, I wish I could vape you. (laughs) Hey, yo. Hey, yo, keep in mind this is coming from Kanye, but y'all weird.
0: On the People's Court, you never know who's gonna stop by.
5: Okay,
3: finally, the last case on the docket. Hey,
7: Courtney, it's me, O.J. Simpson. You know, the juice. I'm your dad's old friend. Hey, how come y'all don't invite me to anything anymore? Hey, where's everybody going?
2: The People's Court on Drew. All judgments are legally binding. Oh, I don't know about that. I wanted to close with the one laugh in the sketch, and that's, of course, Keenan as OJ. That was the only laugh in the sketch. A horrible episode, by the way. A horrible. And Kim Kardashian was as horrific as you could possibly imagine. You would imagine her being as a host of SNL. She was terrible. Awful. And even the jokes where she took pot shots at her family and friends and celebrities and stuff like that was bullshit. It was a terrible episode, it was a terrible sketch. Uh, The best part of that episode, without question, was Halsey, whose both musical performances were great, and the two sketches that she appeared in, she was the best part of anything that night. And Halsey, who, by the way, in the past has hosted and um, been musical guest, and she's brilliant at both. So go back and watch Halsey do her thing, because she's great on every level. But that night with Kim Kardashian hosting, it was a terrible show, and this sketch was bad, but... Machine Gun Kelly uh, called out Pete Davidson. Now they're friends. They've tackled each other on stage when Machine Gun Kelly was actually a musical guest on the show. He jumped into Pete Davidson's arms. They both went flying off the stage. They're buddies. They know each other. They, you know, obviously uh, at the time Pete Davidson was sleeping with Kim Kardashian and he was, you know, and and Machine Gun Kelly was with uh, Megan Fox and they all knew each other. It was all part of the clique. So basically instead of a cast member doing a sharp, great, satirical spot-on impression of someone like, you know, you know uh, uh, Melissa Villasenor would do. He just came out and mumbled making fun of a guy that he smoked dope with. That's essentially all it was. And it was kind of insulting to the audience because it was just two rich guys who smoked pot together making inside jokes to each other and not caring what the audience thinks, which is kind of what Pete Davidson did during his final season. He didn't give a shit anymore uh, and was just making inside jokes and references and stuff like that. And then the next day, Uh, it came out that Machine Gun Kelly was like, what is wrong with you, man? You know that's not how I talk. You know damn well I don't talk like that. That was the worst impression anybody has ever done of me. And, in fact, it was. So Machine Gun Kelly coming out. So all these other people not happy. So you've got Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson not happy. Anderson Cooper not happy. Jennifer Lawrence uh, fine with the impression but not happy with the jokes. Barbara Walters, Fran Liebwitz, Martin Scorsese, Kathy Lee Griffin. Uh, Gifford uh, and uh, Jennifer Lopez and Machine Gun Kelly. All these people not happy with those impressions or those satires that were done by SNL. There are a lot more, and I will do another uh, <laughs> episode of this dedicated to, man, uh, Celebrity strike back, you be the judge. So that's just an example of when sketches and impressions don't go over very well with the crowd and with the people you're making fun of. It happens, and it's a risk when you're doing a show like Saturday Night Live. So... Hey, my thanks to everybody here uh, for listening. Uh, my thank you to, um, to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. Check us out live streaming, radiomisfits.live, where you can hear this podcast daily at 9 a.m. Central, and you can hear my other podcast, the Nick D Podcast, daily at 3 p.m. Central, radiomisfits.live, streaming 24-7 with great podcasts and live music. Um, and uh, and please uh, give us a call if you want with your your suggestions and your thoughts about this podcast and my other podcasts. But if you got SNL questions or comments, 773-417-6948. Or you can email me, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And my thanks to Jason Skaggs, the man responsible for all the music and the themes of both of my podcasts. He does the great opening theme to this one and this fantastic, wonderful closing theme to that show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. Every Wednesday, a brand new episode drops. We will do much more in the world of Saturday Night Live. Thanks all for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Good night and have a pleasant.